Episode 70, How to Outsource Your Email and Hire Amazing Remote Workers. The Online Course Guy Podcast. Regular people are taking their knowledge and content and packaging it up in an online course and they're making a living doing it. Didn't you take some kind of course that covered this stuff? Check it out. It's a good course. It's a good class. Ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready? Here's the Online Course Guy. Hey everyone, it's Jock Hopkins and welcome to episode 70 of the online course. Guy, I'm so excited about this episode because I get asked all the time, Jock, how are you outsourcing your email inbox and your customer support and, and, and your, your YouTube comment moderation and all this? And in this episode, you are going to find out how I'm doing all of this because the person that's helping me do all of this joined me on the episode today. Her name is Emily, and you're going to be hearing from her in just a minute. Now, I want to tell you about our sponsor of the podcast, and that is Bonjoro. Bonjoro makes your life easier, and it makes your customer's life better. Because Bonjoro makes it very, very easy for you to send a short video to your customers when they buy your online course. Somebody signs up, a task is automatically created in Bonjoro. You can log in the next day. And you can see everybody that bought your course the day before and one by one, thank them, call them out by name, welcome them to your course. Sign up for a free 14-day trial of Bonjoro by going to bonjoro.com slash Jacques. That's bonjoro.com slash J-A-C-Q-U-E-S. All right, so today on the show, I did not interview a successful course creator. At least, I don't think that she has any successful courses that she hasn't told me about. The person I had on the show today is an, not an employee because she's, she's not full-time. She's a contractor of mine. Her name is Emily, and she works, uh, she works 15 hours a week for me probably. It fluctuates. It goes up and down. She'll work anywhere upwards of 25 hours a week depending on what is going on. But she's just completely invaluable to me and my business. She saves me so much time, and she's so good at what she does. She, she does things for me and my business that I'm, I'm not good at. She writes blog posts. She manages my email inbox. She handles a lot of customer support inquiries. She handles YouTube comment moderation and Facebook ad comment moderation. She does all those things. She's very, very good at it. And I had her on the show to explain from her side what all the things are that she's doing for me. But also she explained what the process was like for her actually applying to my job over a year ago and what she was looking for. And she provided advice for both those looking for work like this and also for people looking to hire work like this. So if you've ever thought about outsourcing these types of activities, I highly recommend you listen to this episode with Emily. So let's go ahead and play the full thing right now. Hi, Emily. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. No problem. You're, you're probably the, of all the people I've had on the podcast, I probably know you best of everybody. <laughs> That's cool. Well, it's nice to have a chance to be on. Yeah. So uh, let's, uh, let's kind of start from the beginning. Do you remember about when it was that we first started working together? Yeah. Um, it was a little over a year ago. I want to say June or July was around the time that we were getting started. And I had put a post on one of my one of my favorite websites and tools. It's Upwork.com, which I use to find of just a variety of different types of people, talented people all over all over the world. 
Um, sometimes it's like one-off projects that maybe just takes a couple of hours. But sometimes in a case like you know what you what you do for me now, it's an ongoing relationship, um, and a, you know a decent amount of work as well. Um, what what is it? What kind of jobs were you looking for when you came across my post on Upwork over a year ago? Yeah, well, um, when I first was looking around on Upwork, I actually hadn't been on the site that long when I saw your initial post. And I was kind of migrating over from a different type of freelancing um, site called guru.com, which is a lot less spiffy and a lot less streamlined and very much seems to be more oriented towards short term work. So one of the things that appealed to me about looking for work in general on Upwork was that it seemed like there was a wider mix of jobs and possibly more long-term work available. And that was what I was looking for primarily. Um, I was looking for something that was going to be at least relatively long-term, six months to a year at minimum was my goal. And I wanted something that would have a relatively flexible schedule because I'm a mom. Um, I have other work with other clients. I had been teaching, um, doing ESL teaching as well. So I, I really needed something that kind of wouldn't take up too much time, but still would involve some legitimate work that was not going to be two weeks where most of it was spent on a learning curve. I wanted to be able to really settle into something and know what it was going to be each day or each week and to be able to build rapport with a client that I could be comfortable with working long term. And I wanted it to fit my skill set. So I have a background in administration and in teaching and in writing. So I wanted it to fit. I didn't really want to do anything teaching on the internet, <laughs> um, just having seen that a lot of it is very um, time intensive. So I was looking for either something that was administrative in nature or something that was more about writing and editing. And ironically, your post kind of fit both of those to some degree uh, because there is an administrative element to what you were looking for and a writing element to what you were looking for. So that stood out to me right away. Um, that your post kind of fit all of those categories that I was hoping to check those boxes. So, and then and one, one other area I don't think you really mentioned is you were looking for remote work. And, and so maybe you could explain where you live and kind of why you live there. Sure. Yeah, I didn't even think of that, but that is absolutely true. Um, I actually live in Cambodia. I'm a New Yorker, but I moved over here about a decade ago. Um, at this point, I'm married. I have kids here. So I'm very settled into living in Cambodia. And I have worked um, in, you know, in-person locations here. But for what I was looking for in Upwork, was definitely going to be remote. There are not really any employers hiring um, for on-location work in Cambodia for what I was looking for and for the schedule I was looking for. So that was definitely something I was really focused on, <laughs> was finding something that would also fit into the fact that I, I couldn't show up at um, an office for most locations that people were posting from, or I couldn't, you know, commute to your location, for example, it would be um, 36 hours each way. So definitely that was a big important <laughs> part of why I was <laughs> That would be one heck of a commute for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when I when I made that posting on my side, I, I was getting overwhelmed myself and I had outsourced things before. Uh, but I just I needed help from somebody like yourself to help me manage my email inbox for one because I found myself having to answer the same questions over and over and over again in my inbox. I also needed help with moderating my YouTube comments, and Facebook ads comments, and 
Um, and then even just helping write blog posts or editing. Um, you know, I, I have my piano in 21 days workbook, but like I really needed somebody to help me edit it and edit various things on the site. And that's certainly not my strong suit. So I put this post on Upwork looking for somebody. And I think I got in the first few days, I got three applications and none of them were even close to what I was looking for. And I had almost given up on it when yours came through about a week later. <laughs> and, uh, and, and yours was very impressive because like you were explaining a second ago, like it obviously the description fit what you were best at and also what you were looking for. Um, but on my side, like you stood out among the very few applications I, I had in the way you communicated because I'm looking for somebody, I was looking for somebody to communicate through the word, you know, written word. And that's exactly how you communicate on Upwork um, when you're applying to a job. So it was very impressive. Now, what what was the process like for you on your side? Like once we actually started communicating? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it started with obviously me seeing your post and um, answering the different questions that you had about um, why an applicant would be a good fit for your job. Um, you talked about what you needed. So you know, some example tasks and gave a little bit of a sense of your business and what you were looking for there and the kinds of qualifications you needed and the kind of schedule you expected. So that was very nice because it was extremely to the point and gave me enough detail to know that I, I could do this. Because um, a, a lot of the time I notice that posts on Upwork are very vague. And I, I get that sometimes employers don't want to give too much information out for some reason or another, but it's harder to know if you're going to be a good fit. So it's harder to apply effectively. So that was great. And once I um, submitted my proposal, basically explaining what I have the background in and what I felt I could bring to the table in terms of what you needed, then I think it was maybe one or two days later at most. It wasn't that long after. Um, but you responded and basically um, asked me for a little bit more detail. Um, I think I mentioned pretty much upfront that I'm living in Cambodia. I don't, I'm not sure exactly the time frame of all that, but so you wanted to know a bit more about that. And you also um, provided a few more example tasks that you wanted me to go through and give my um, best facsimile of how I would respond based on what I currently knew of your business, which was limited, but you gave me enough to go off of that I could kind of show what I could do or show what I would do given the information I had. And so that I think maybe lets you see or rather confirm what you had already seen about the fact that I probably could perform the tasks you were looking for. Um, So then at that point, we scheduled a call um, and you did it kind of a relatively simple interview, but talking a little bit more about what you were looking for and just any potential issues with um, time zones and location and talking about what kind of communication you'd expect. So we actually, I think you basically accepted my proposal right after the call. And we, I think within the hour I was doing a few just um, kind of trial tasks for you at that point. So it was kind of like a little bit of a, um, before the onboarding process, there was a, a few steps involved, but once we talked and once you felt comfortable with that, it seemed like we got things rolling pretty quickly. And that was great. It kind of let me get my feet wet right away and see what was going on. Yeah, my normal process would be to kind of weed out the the 
prospects that just aren't going to be a fit on Upwork and just you, there's a button you can click and just says archive. So I don't really see them anymore. And I like to, uh, I like to weed that down to, you know, three to five candidates and then um, maybe send a few messages back and forth on Upwork. And then from there, maybe interview on a video chat, three people. But in this case, like I didn't have three people to interview. You're the only interview. So I think that's why things move forward so quickly. Um, and it's not, it's not because you didn't have any competition, but it was, it was a no-brainer too. So I didn't have any other interview schedule. I was like, this is perfect. Let's move forward. But I proposed to you, like I think I proposed a one-month trial because this was uh, like a position I'd never really hired for. And I didn't want to commit to something when maybe it's not going to work out. So what were your, uh, what were your thoughts at the time on that one-month trial? Yeah, I actually, I might be remembering it wrong. I thought it might have been two weeks. So I knew it was, there was some kind of trial period, but maybe I have the amount of time wrong. Um, I think it's great. I, I personally am a big fan of not committing until you're pretty confident that things are going to work out in many areas of life. Um, and when you're looking for someone who is going to be um, kind of involved on a daily basis with you, on either side of that equation, you want everyone to feel comfortable with each other. You want to know that there's not going to be a lot of extra hassle and confusion. And sometimes people just don't click, even if they're qualified. So even if you were initially impressed by what you saw or felt we were a good fit, there's definitely, I think, some wisdom in putting a a bit of a barrier between full commitment and at the same time getting things started so that you can see the person in action. So I think that's a very smart move for just about any kind of work, especially when it's remote and you can't meet with the person one-on-one and see what Mm -hmm. they're doing every minute of the day. Now that I think about it, I think what happened, and I totally could be wrong, but I think we we, we agreed on a one-month trial, but after two weeks, for me, it was going so well and it was it was helping me so much. I'm like, okay, let's let's make this permanent. This is going great. That might have been it. I'm not sure, but that could have been happening, yeah. Okay. So fast forwarding to today, because you know, everything we've talked about so far has basically happened over a year ago. Fast forwarding to today, like what are uh, explains what some of the things are that you're doing for me and my business? Sure. Well, there are um, a range of daily tasks that I'm doing and then some incrementally over the course of a week or over a month, there are a few um, more sporadic tasks. So the things that I'm doing every day currently are um, the number one thing would be emails, uh, managing your inbox, um, looking over what comes in each day, um, twice a day, and seeing what would fit the description of things that I can handle so that you don't have to, and then flagging emails that I think need a more personal look over and response from you specifically. So that's the first thing I do every day. And I actually only do maybe 10 to 20 minutes of emails in the morning for you because I tend to do most of my work in the evening. Um, And that seems to be where most of the incoming emails come in as well. So I do about 10 to 20 minutes of emails each morning. And then in the evening, I start by doing a daily report for you. Uh, Because of the time difference, I'm doing your morning report um, in my evening. But anyway, um, so I'm basically pulling together some different information from different um, sites that you want to see metrics on for traffic and sales and some other different data that you want to see on a daily basis. I'm pulling that together into a report and then I move on to emails and do the same thing as I did in the morning in terms of just managing the inbox and seeing what needs your personal attention and what I can handle. 
And then I'm also going into comment sections and um, across different social platforms like we have Discus Comments and Facebook and YouTube and Twitter. And some of those are, you know, more sporadic than others, but I'm checking them each day. And then, um, again, seeing what I can respond to and what needs your, you know, uh, direct input. And then I will also be usually a couple times a week working on some different um, tasks like writing show notes for your podcast, um, doing some writing and editing as needed for different blog or web copy and just whatever comes up. But those are the, the main tasks that I'm doing at this point. Yeah, it's going to be fun for you to, to write show notes for this episode, huh? It's going to be a little meta. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and then there's, there's also one-off tasks every now and then. Um, I mentioned like editing my workbook. You did that a while ago. Um, or helping me write new blog posts for Piano in 21 Days because writing is certainly not my, my expertise. And, that, and that's going great as well. So what, so you mentioned somewhat like the schedule that you're working. Um, I know that you, you kind of log in and do my stuff a little bit in the morning, a little bit in, in the evening. And, and for me, like we're pretty much 12 hours apart. So you're, when you're working at night, I'm just getting my day started. Uh, so in general, what, what's the rough schedule you, you, you're working on my stuff and, and of roughly how many hours total like per week? Yeah. So one of the many things I appreciate about the way this um, job is set up is that there is a certain degree of flexibility um, because um, as a mom who's had kids throwing up in the last several days, you know, that you need those extra five minutes sometimes to uh, clean up the latest mess. Um, But typically in the mornings, I'm logging in between 830 and 9. And again, that's for a very short amount of time. Um, So that's my a.m. That would be the exact same time on your p.m. And then in the evening, I'm logging in usually around between 7.30 and 8 p.m. my time, which is your morning. And yeah, getting started at that point. So by the time, I'm not sure exactly which time you're logging in these days, but probably by 8, 8.15, you're going to be able to open your daily report each morning. Does that make sense? Yeah, and that's that's invaluable. And I, I would advise um, anybody listening to this that's running a business uh, that, that daily report, even if you're putting it together yourself is so important. Cause you can just, that's, that's kind of how I start my work day as I check that daily report just to make sure nothing's broken, no kinks in the armor. And, uh, and, and you putting that together, you know, at 8 15 PM, your time, which is 8 15 AM for me is perfect because I start my work day typically at eight 30 and I can just open it up. Hey, everything's in order. Great. If something's like broken, then I can address it and make sure it's fixed for the day. Right. Yeah. And I just realized I didn't answer the second part of your question, which was um, time for or the amount of time I'm working rather. Right. So right now it's between one and two hours a day on a typical day that can definitely vary depending on whether I'm doing show notes and whether I'm doing any additional kind of one-off tasks. Um, and yeah, so that's, you know, averaging around 14 hours a week. And looking back, I think that is about exactly what you predicted you would be needing in your job post. So you had a very good, um, outlook on what that would be because actually I'm pulling it up now and yet you said one to two hours a day. So you are right on with that from the very beginning. There (laughs) we go. Fluctuated a bit. There are certain times of the month where you have more um, uh, incoming emails just because of where people are um, clicking on things more in your funnel, for example. But overall, yeah, definitely averages out to be just about what you thought. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And and, um, one, one great thing and one really helpful thing is that you work pretty much seven days a week. What's your motivation for, for wanting to do that? 
Yeah, well, I am home a lot at these, this point in my life. And I am a night bird, for sure, a night owl, excuse me. So I really like to get things done at night more than in the morning. That's why I've basically I'm doing most of the tasks for you in the evening, although I could do them in the morning if necessary. And I really like consistency. I like schedules. I like rituals. I like knowing what's coming down the pike. Even if I don't know the exact details of something, I like to kind of have a very clear plan of what's expected of me. And so I'd much rather have a specific amount of time or a parameter of time each day, every day, than kind of, oh, let's do four hours on Monday to catch up what happened over the weekend. Um, and who likes Mondays anyway, right? So in my case, I don't have to do that because I'm, I'm on top of things, you know, on a daily basis. So there isn't any kind of Monday fun day feelings going on, which is nice. <laughs> so I want to talk about Upwork next because at this point, like I, I would have never imagined that a year later, we'd still be communicating and using Upwork as much as we do. But we do on my, like on my side because it's they make it so nice and easy. So we communicate. Yeah. Uh, almost exclusively through Upwork, and then also that's how that's how your your paycheck is is done through Upwork as well. Um, so it, yeah. I really like Upwork. What do what do you think about it from your side? I do like it. Um, I've heard a lot of criticisms of Upwork and other freelancing sites, but to me, it's about finding what works for you as a person and what your needs are and your goals are. And I would really have a hard time putting up my own website and marketing myself to clients. That's not something that comes naturally to me. And keeping up on that, I think, would be a lot of additional work that I would essentially have to pay myself for. Um, So I think Upwork's a great platform if someone is looking for the kind of work that I'm doing. Because technically speaking, you get what you put in out of it. And you don't have to put a lot into it to get started. Um, There's not like a huge amount of learning curve to get started on Upwork or even though I was relatively new to Upwork, it, it worked out that I ended up finding you as one of my clients and other clients as well. Um, I would say that long term, I, I don't see any problems with continuing in Upwork, which is great because I think there would be a whole host of other, for any negative thing that someone could say about a freelancing platform, there are negative things you could say about trying to do it all on your own and trying to find clients and market yourself on your own. So definitely pros and cons on each side, but I, I like it. I'm enjoying working through work so far. Yeah. I knew, I knew it was good for the hiring process. I didn't realize it was going to be good for a long-term, you know, communication and, and, and payment. Uh, and we, we communicate daily through Upwork, through text. And then we, each month, we meet over video chat and and we move over to zoom for that. But I know that Upwork even has video chat features inside of it. So we probably could keep everything inside of Upwork if we wanted to. And that's, I think that's really cool. I think it's really smart. Uh, and, and the, the platform that Upwork has grown into is pretty amazing. Yeah, no, it's definitely convenient. And the fact that I can track time and also message you in the same app, which is the desktop app for Upwork also works really great because it just takes, there's fewer variables in play. Whenever things are simplified, that tends to work in everyone's favor. Yeah. And that I'm glad you brought up the tracking time part. Cause like on my side, I don't really, I don't have to deal with that side of things. Um, but that is another nice feature of Upwork is you actually uh, track your time in there and then it automatically pays you based on the time you enter in from my bank account. But what does that yeah. process look like on your side? Like, do you like, do you click a button when you start work and click another button when you end work? 
Yeah, yeah. So there's a, an app that you download basically that has that messaging feature and then the time tracking feature. And the way time tracking works, um, at least on Windows, I don't know if it's different for Apple, but it basically has um, a memo where you fill out what you're going to be working on and the start tracking time button. So it's very streamlined. There's not a lot of things that you have to toggle or play with to get it started tracking your time. And then what happens is every so often it'll take a random screenshot basically as, you know, backup confirmation that you're doing what you say you're doing. And every time I switch between different tasks, I just click on one of the previous memos for things I've done in the past and it's right there. So my, the ones that I'm, you know, clicking back and forth in are emails and updating spreadsheets and answering comments and those kind of things. So you can make it as detailed as you wanted. Um, but in our case, since things are pretty streamlined and pretty much my tasks are self-defined at this point, I don't have to get too deep into figuring out how to track all the little individual tasks. Um, and then on a, I will say on occasion, the, it can be a little glitchy where there's a lag and Sometimes I start to wonder, oh, is this tracking time correctly? But the good thing about it is you can always hop on into Upwork site itself and see an actual like log of exactly when you're logging in, logging out, and the screenshots that accompany that. So you can check it for accuracy if you have to. Most of the time, it's not a problem. And then on the occasions, if you're working offline or, um, again, if there's some bugs going on, you can also add manual time, which I think is a feature that employers have to select. I don't think it's an automatically included feature. So you must have selected that, I think, um, when you accepted my proposal initially. So if for some reason I forgot to track my time or if the tracker wasn't working, um, I could go in and say, okay, this is when I was logged in and this is what I was doing. And the employer, I think, gets a chance to review that as well. So if there's any question, which thankfully, I mean, that's not an issue in this case, but it's, you're able to basically communicate pretty clearly about what's going on, even when there are occasional glitches. So just a couple more questions for you, Emily, here. Uh, what advice do you have for somebody looking to get into remote work, remote freelance work? Sure. Um, well, I'll stick to what I know. Um, just basically looking for VA work or administrative work or writing and editing type work. Um, I don't really know how it works when you're doing more maybe creative things with graphics and web design. I have no idea. But for me, what I would say for people looking to get into this type of work is you really want to be thinking, um, don't just go scrolling through the list of job posts, like make a list of a few key things that you're really focused on nailing because the worst thing you can do is get bogged down trying to individually assess each job post, it's much easier to just rule things out right as you see them go, nope, that doesn't fit this criteria of mine. So in my case, it was schedule, um, length of commitment. Obviously, you want to be looking for within a certain pay range of what you're looking for. Um, you want to be looking at clues about the business or about the, the employer. What Are they going to be a good fit for your personality? Are they going to be um, someone who's very demanding? Are they going to be... Uh, able to communicate their needs clearly, because that's something that's very important to me. Um, I do not do well with second guessing myself or other people. And so that, in my opinion, the worst thing you can do is sign on for a job and really, with all the best intentions in the world, if someone can't tell you what they need, you can't give them what they need. So to me, you want to actually be looking right in the job post. If that person can't com clearly communicate what they need there, then it's kind of iffy, are they going to be able to tell you later? And I think a lot of the things that people get negative reviews for on these sites are actually probably a lot of it's just miscommunication. And I think that can be avoided. 
by kind of weeding things out in advance and not applying for things. If, if a, I've seen some really shady job postings, actually, not just on Upwork, but I think it just happens where people don't mean to come off as uh, quirky or not sure what they need. They just simply haven't thought it through themselves. And you clearly knew exactly what you wanted in terms of your business and what you were looking for. And I think that's the kind of employer that someone like me would want to be looking for. And I also really um, would suggest that someone looking to work long-term, at least for a business, that they try to do a little research on the business itself or on the person that's reaching out to them, if possible. So in your original uh, job post, you actually included your website, which is great um, because I immediately went online and looked at your website and tried to figure out if I was going to be able to you know, get on board with this kind of business. And in my case, it actually really interested me because <laughs> I am a failed uh, piano <laughs> student. Um, it's fun, but it wasn't ever something that I got really into, uh, as you've heard so many times from other people who turn out to be your students after a while. So I thought, oh, okay, this is nice because I would not be able to work for a traditional piano teacher who wants me to get all into music theory or something that I'm just not qualified to do. So I would definitely do my research or anyone who's looking for this kind of work, definitely do your research if you can and look at how other um, people who have worked for this employer review them because on Upwork, you can see reviews of the employer and the employee. And I think it's great to go back and kind of see what people say about them. Um, star ratings, I think are probably not as helpful as the actual comments that are left because if someone's insinuating that, you know, the work changed or the, the requirements changed over time and there was confusion or there was poor communication or you couldn't get a hold of the person for weeks on end, those would be big red flags. So you want to be looking for someone who, if possible, at least has good feedback already. So that's what I would, overall, that's what I would be looking for. I was looking for a similar position to the one I now have. I wish that you know the the audience of this podcast is is course creators and and future course creators. Not not a ton of people I'm assuming that are looking for remote freelance work. But I wish more people could hear that because that was some awesome advice um, from somebody who obviously knows what they're talking about. Um, but let me ask you, and you're not you're not as qualified to answer this question, but you're you're in a unique position. Let me ask you on the other side. Like if somebody like me is listening to this that wants to hire somebody like you, what advice do you have for the hirer on this side of the equation? Yeah. Um, yeah. Without the shoe, have I ever really been entirely on the other foot? I'm just going to say you do want to look at ratings, but I would definitely ask for other metrics as well in terms of how someone might be qualified because um, like, for example, me, right? I didn't actually, I'm pretty sure I only had one previous client to you on Upwork. So you wouldn't necessarily have known just looking at my profile, whether I'd be a good fit or not. So you want to be looking for what people are telling you about themselves and also what they're not telling you. Um, uh, like I think what people leave out can almost say as much as what they put in sometimes. So if someone's not answering specific details that you mentioned in your post, that would be a big red flag. Um, but sometimes people may not be exactly 100% ready to do every element of your task. And you may want to look at, do they explain why they think they would still be a good fit in other ways? Because I think sometimes there might not be a one size fit all person. So I would definitely look at um, what they can tell you about what they bring to the table, as well as you know how people rate them and what their actual uh, resume looks like. 
Um, and I would say if you want to attract people that are great fits for you, just definitely clearly outline your expectations and provide a vision, a vision excuse me, of what you think the job will look like long term if it is a long term job. Because um, without kind of a long term perspective, you're going to get short term minded people. And so you want, if you're looking for short-term workers, that's fine. But if you want someone who's going to stick with you for a while and who's going to be invested in the success of your business, I would definitely say you want to give them the motivation for that, which is let's, you know, partner together on making this a success in whatever way that you're going to be assisting in that. And definitely as much detail as possible because people can self-weed them. They can weed themselves out if they see that it's not going to be a good fit. But if you don't tell them what you're looking for, they will just kind of, you'll get way probably more applications than you'll ever want to sift through. Emily, this was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for, for joining me on the podcast today. No problem. Thanks for having me. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed this kind of unconventional episode of the Online Course Guy, but even I got a ton out of this, guys, just hearing Emily's perspective on everything, and I hope you have as well. You can find all the detailed show notes, which, by the way, were put together by Emily at theonlinecourseguy.com slash 70. Don't forget to check out our sponsor of this podcast. You can get a free 14-day trial of the awesome software, Bonjoro, by going to bonjoro.com slash Jacques. And if you've not checked out the online course workshop at theonlinecourseguy.com, you need to. Unless you are completely satisfied with where your online course is, you don't need it. But if there's room to grow, or if you haven't started one yet, you need the free online course workshop. Check it out at theonlinecourseguy.com. And of course, more online course guy podcasts coming your way soon.